Here's the question of the day. Is it ever okay to have a credit card, or should you just go ahead and cut them all up right now? We're going to talk about that on episode 56 of the Financial Pathway Podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. Okay, so let's talk credit cards today. Depending on who you ask, uh, some people think credit cards are the greatest thing since sliced bread and everybody should have them. And other people think that they're responsible for 95% of the problems in our world and they are the spawn of Satan. Um, so depending on who you ask, you might get a very different answer to this question about what to do with credit cards. Should you cut them up? Should you use them? Um, there's a very prominent financial guru uh, who shall remain nameless. I don't want to name any names. Let's, uh, let's just call him Dave. Uh, totally hypothetical guy. Dave says you shouldn't have credit cards. You should cut them up. There's never a good reason to have credit cards. Well, who's right? Um, so here's, I want to give you a, kind of an analogy that's helped me and, and I hope it'll help you in understanding where I'm coming at from this. Let's take the uh, phenomenon of social media. Very likely if you are listening to this podcast, you have a Facebook account or Twitter or Instagram, TikTok, or maybe all of them. And if I were to ask you truthfully, are there a lot of people who waste time on social media and we'd be better off without it? The answer, if you're going to answer it honestly, has to be yes. I mean, there are millions of people who are addicted to social media. They spend hours scrolling their feed and they could be doing a lot more important things and it would probably be better for them to just get rid of it. Well, because we have so many people wasting their time on Facebook and all these social media platforms, why don't we just tell everybody to get rid of them? Just everybody delete your social media accounts that way, nobody's wasting any more time. We'll be so much more productive. There'll be so much less addiction and all the problems that go along with it. Is that a workable solution? Well, I think intuitively we all understand that that's not. The answer is not to say everybody delete your social media because some people are irresponsible with it. Because that's minimizing and, and overlooking the value that social media brings. I mean, yeah, it has its downsides, but it has upsides too. I mean, you can stay connected with family and friends. You can share ideas and information. A lot of really helpful tool. It provides a very helpful service, and it's a very helpful tool if it's used responsibly. So when something's used irresponsibly, we blame the user, not the product, right? When somebody's using something irresponsibly, it's not the tool, it's not the product's fault, it's the person who's using it. So credit cards are not the boogeyman. They're not inherently evil objects that force you to spend more money or go into debt. They're a product. They're a tool. When used incorrectly, they can be very detrimental and cause some huge problems. Yes. But when used correctly, credit cards can be very rewarding, very helpful financial tools. So I think we need to reframe this whole conversation and stop focusing on the product and start focusing on the user. We need to educate people on how to use credit cards responsibly to pay off their balance each month, to use credit cards only for budgeted purchases, 
uh, having an emergency fund in place so that you don't put unexpected expenses on your credit card. Now, there are some folks who are trying to climb out of credit, uh, are trying to climb out of debt with credit cards and others, uh, and it would be too much of a temptation for them to have a credit card. So they should just go ahead and cut them up, not use them. Uh, if they don't have good financial discipline and spending habits, yeah, probably be better off for them to not have that temptation there. But the answer is not a one-size-fits-all. So I really want to, in this episode, let's address the pros and the cons. Let's understand the downsides plus the upsides of credit. And then I want to give you three really helpful rules for how to use credit cards. And if you can't follow these rules, then you really shouldn't have a credit card in the first place. And then I want to end by giving you three uh, helpful resources on managing credit, tracking credit, and um, learning more about credit cards. So let's let's first of all talk about the problems inherent in credit card because again, there's two extremes to avoid. I mean, some people think credit cards are the devil, and uh, there's other people that think everyone should have a credit card. So I don't want to minimize those that are against credit cards. I don't want to minimize the problems. Uh, there's certainly problems. I don't want to glance over that at all. I mean, first and foremost, there's a huge problem of debt. I mean, that's obvious, right? Uh, if you add up all the credit card debt in America today, it's about $800 billion. And Experian, which is one of the three largest credit bureaus, um, based on their research from last year, from 2021, the average credit card balance was $5,525. Now, interestingly enough, that's actually down from 2020. I was surprised to see that. I thought for sure... With 2020 and coronavirus, there'd be more people putting stuff on the credit card and racking up their balances, but it's actually down um, in 2021. The average American has three credit cards. So while there's plenty of people that have zero, there's also plenty of people that have more than three, but the average is three. And I found this interesting. I was looking into, okay, but those who have credit cards, like how many are actually using them to what extent? So here's from the American Bankers Association. Here's their research. They found that 25% of credit card owners aren't using their credit card. Um, I should say of credit cards that are out there, 25% of them are not being used. They're just kind of dormant. Um, no purchases being made on them. 33% have their balance paid off each month. So people use them, make the purchases, pay it off each month. They're not paying any interest to the credit card company. But 40% use the credit card, and they carry a balance, which means they're paying interest every month to the credit card company. So uh, for a credit card company's perspective, every new credit card that they issue, there's a 4 in 10 chance that will be, they will be making money off this person. They will be charging interest at, the, at, at least. And speaking of interest, I mean, the interest rates are really high. I, I think you're already aware of this, but if you're not, I mean, uh, wallethub.com their study shows that the average interest rate on a credit card is over 18%. That's huge. You compare that to a typical mortgage or auto loan. I mean, those are usually in the low to middle single digits. That's a huge difference. So not only is debt a huge problem, because a lot of people have credit cards and they're paying interest, high interest every month. On top of that, uh, studies have also shown that people are generally more uh, likely to spend more with a credit card than they would otherwise. Uh, because it's like walking around with somebody who immediately approves small loans for you. Can I buy this? Yes. 
swipe approved um, up, up to your credit card limit. That's how it works. So it can become easier to justify purchases that you don't have the money for. And so people overspend because uh, they don't actually have to have the money on hand to, to make that purchase. And that leads to a lot of temptation. And for those that don't have good financial habits, uh, don't have good financial discipline, that could lead to being reckless. So uh, it's, it's really like taking gasoline and pouring it on that fire. If they don't have those management skills in the first place, and now you have to hand them a credit card and you allow them to spend beyond even the money that's in their bank account, that's a recipe for disaster. So you see that a lot of times people use credit cards to finance very risky things, like they're going to start a new business and put it all on a credit card, or they're going to purchase items that they can't pay for and they have no money coming in to pay for. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm getting my tax refund next month or I'm, I'm getting a bonus from work. It's like, no, I, I just want it. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it on the credit card. I'm going to click buy. I'm going to book that vacation, get those clothes, go to the sports event, go to the concert. So yeah, really, really dangerous. A lot of people have gotten themselves in trouble. Probably not telling you anything you didn't know. On top of that, a small one, well, not small, but just probably in degree to some of the other ones I mentioned, not as big, but uh, something worth noting is fees. Uh, a lot of times we think about, oh yeah, interest on credit cards, and that's true, but there's also fees that can really rack up when people aren't using credit cards well. Uh, they're doing cash advances. They're not paying their payments on time. They're getting late fees. A lot of credit cards have annual fees. So these can all add up on top of the interest and make for a huge borrowing cost. So yeah, a lot of downsides to credit cards when not used well. Absolutely. So what's the alternative? So for those that say no credit cards, they would say use cash, use a debit card, um, use only the money that actually is available to you. Now, is that a perfect solution? Well, no, it's not. And I think it's it's in this conversation, we have to be honest. We can't just talk about the problems with one side and ignore the problems with the alternative. We have to consider it all together. Do credit cards have problems? Yes. Do ca using cash and debit for purchases, do that? does that have problems? Yes. I think one of the biggest ones is security. Uh, maybe you've experienced this before, but if somebody gets your debit card info, whether it's just you know, you're know you being reckless or not, I mean, sometimes there's a, a data breach. Sometimes there's a skimmer on, on the gas station pump. I mean, however it occurs, when, f when fraud happens, the money actually leaves your account. When somebody uses your debit card, that money's gone. All right, you, if you had $2,000 and they hit it for $500, now you got $1,500 in your account. Now, yeah, you can file a claim, of course, and uh, you know, sub submit that it was fraud and there's going to be an investigation and the bank's going to look into it. But that can be really cumbersome. That can be um, a lot of steps and it can take a while to resolve. I mean, it's not like it's instantaneous. It's not like it's next day. I'll, oftentimes, it's several days. could be weeks, depending on the situation. And in the meantime, you, you don't have access to that cash. Um, it's gone. And if you don't notice the fraud quickly, you might even be out of the time frame to have the bank um, cover it. I mean, technically speaking, if you don't catch it within you know, a, a certain time frame, if you notice it months later, it could be too late. Um, and now you're, you're, you're on the hook for that fraud. And I can tell you as somebody who's worked in a bank before, um, I've, I've run into the situation many times. It's always frustrating. It puts people in a really difficult spot, uh, especially when it's a large amount of fraud, when somebody's account has been hit for $500, $1,000, $3,000, 
Because again, that money has left their account and now they have to work really hard just to get back to square one. And, um, and that's no fun for anybody. So that's one problem. Number two is, is that there's no credit score being uh, built when you're just making those regular purchases. Now I know the counter to that is, well, Nate, I mean, if you just pay cash for everything, why do you care what your credit score is? Just don't have credit in the first place. And I get that. I get that logic, but the reality is that 85% of Americans have some kind of loan. So while there is a certain segment of the population that is paying for things in cash, most people just can't be there. And of course, a big reason for that is most people have mortgages, um, you know, in addition to car loans or student loans or that sort of thing. So your credit score makes a difference. If you've got a loan, it's affecting the interest that you're paying, and especially on a mortgage. Three and a half versus four percent—that makes a big difference over time. Over 20, 30 years, yeah, that's that's huge. So, credit score is important. It shouldn't be your number one goal in life. I get that it's not. It shouldn't be like at the top of your priorities. But to act like it doesn't matter, I think that's just naive. So, by simply paying your credit card each month, you know, paying it off each month, that right there makes a big improvement to your credit score. Just showing on-time payments and not racking up high debt, you know, up to your limits. But with debit card, no such feature. That, that's not a consideration for your credit score, looking at how you use your debit card uh, or, of course, cash. And then um, another thing, not as big, but still just worth worth mentioning, um, rewards. So, I mean, you're making purchases using a credit card. You almost inevitably, basically every credit card offers some kind of rewards. Um, almost all of them do, I should say. With debit cards, not so much. A few do. Most don't. And... Um, over time, if you're using that card for your regular purchases, you could be missing out on a significant amount of reward points over time. So uh, are those exhaustive? Are those all the downsides to both debit and credit? No, but it's it's some of the main ones. Now let's talk about the credit card benefits though, because also we can't just focus on all the negative of credit cards without also considering the positive. Number one, like we just mentioned, points and rewards. Most credit cards give some kind of cash back between 1% to 2%. So I would definitely recommend whatever cards you use for most of your purchases, try to make it at least 1.5% or 2% because there's a lot of choices out there. Sometimes there are certain cards that give you higher points back on certain types of purchases, so like gas stations, restaurants, etc. So just think of it this way. If you used a credit card for just $2,000 each month of your regular purchases, the things you already buy in the first place, but you put them on a credit card instead of a debit, and you got 1.5% cash back, well, that's $360 a year. It's not too bad. And from my anecdotal experience, most people that use cash back are getting way more than that in a year. And that's nice. That adds up. I mean, $1,000 of credit card points in a year, that's a mini vacation. That's a that's a, a quick getaway. That's a lot of things that can be used for. And um, if you can, you, you want to take advantage of that. Also, on top of that, there could be welcome bonuses. Uh, there's a lot of those out there. And I'm sure you're, you can get one in the mail about every day. Um, so be, be very cautious. I would definitely recommend that you be very cautious about doing you know, welcome bonuses for credit cards on a regular basis because, number one, opening a lot of cards could really negatively affect your credit score if you're constantly opening up new accounts and, and all that. Also, a lot of these cards have annual fees, so you sign up for the bonus, and now you got this card that you're not using, but every year it's charging you $100, $300 you know, in annual fees. But I think the biggest thing is a bonus offer could tempt you to spend more than you would have otherwise. And I think that's a big pull 
of why you're so often offered credit cards is, hey, get this bonus offer, spend 3000 in the first three months. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and book a vacation then. And you spent it on something that you weren't already going to if you didn't have the money in place. So be very careful about that. But if you, again, just use it for the purchases you already make, you can get some really great perks and build up some airline miles, hotel points, cash bonus, etc. could be really beneficial. Number two, really also really important benefit to credit cards is security. See, when fraud occurs, you didn't lose your money. The credit card company lost their money. Right? Somebody gets your visa, somebody gets your MasterCard and makes a fraudulent transaction. That didn't come out of your bank account. The company paid it for you. And credit card companies are generally much easier to deal with when it comes to fraud. Usually quicker, better fraud protection measures in place, and it's not going to affect your bottom line while the issue is being sorted out. So uh, much better level of security. Also, when you think about traveling internationally out of the country, most credit cards have no foreign transaction fees, and that layer of protection, uh, security protection makes them um, makes so much more sense. Also, like I said before, building credit, using your credit card, paying it on time each month helps your cre- credit build, um, showing on-time payments, because that's a big component of what goes into your credit score. Also, for a young person, maybe you, you don't have any credit history yet. One of the best ways to build credit is getting a secured credit card from a bank and then going ahead and and spending on regular purchases, paying it off each month. After a few months' time, you'll have built up a credit history, and that can be really beneficial. Another thing that's interesting, seems a little bit counterintuitive, but sometimes the best solution to a problematic credit card is getting another credit card. You say, well, okay, what are we talking about here? Well, Let's say you've got a credit card, you've got a large balance on it, you're trying to pay it down, it's got high interest. It may be helpful to do a balance transfer. The way that works is uh, another credit card company will offer to let you take the money that you owe on your current credit card and move that money over to their credit card. And what they're typically going to do is charge you an upfront fee of 3%, and then they're going to give you an extended period of time where they're going to charge you 0% interest. And the reason they do this is, number one, they're going to make money up front. Number two, they're hoping that you continue your bad habit and your bad you know, poor money management ways, and eventually you'll be paying them interest instead of the other credit card uh, company. But if you're smart and savvy and you're committed to paying it down, by doing that, you could save a lot of money. So for instance, let's say you owe $5,000 on your current credit card, you're paying 20% interest, and you do a balance transfer. So you're going to pay 3% up front, $150, but for the next, let's say, 18 months, if they offer that period of time for 0%, every payment you make is going towards the principal and nothing going towards interest, and it allows you to start paying it off much quicker. And in the end, if you're disciplined and, and stay after it, you'll end up paying less interest and paying the card off faster that way. So here's the thing, folks. Should you have a credit card? Should you not have a credit card? I think this... I think this will really help, all right? Let's use this as a filtering system. Three rules you've got to abide by with credit cards. Number one, already have the money in the bank. Don't use your credit card to pay for something that you don't already have the money for in the bank. If you do that, you're setting yourself up for, setting yourself up for a big problem down the road, okay? Don't risk it. Even if you think money's coming through, if you're like, oh, yeah, the tax refund's going to be here in a few weeks, and okay, if the money's not in the bank, don't put it on the credit card. Number two, have a budget. 
the budget's going to protect you from overspending and for losing track of your money. Because if you don't track your money and if you don't have a budget and you're not telling your money where to go each month, it's going to be very easy to start swiping that card more often at the restaurant and uh, you know online shopping and getting stuff at Walmart and getting stuff at Target because you're not going to be aware of how much you're spending and the credit card's going to be uh, a, a buffer between what's in your account and what you and 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 what's in your account and how much you think you have and it's just it's going to be easier for you to spend. I'm just telling you. So have a budget. Only use your credit card on budgeted items. And then number three, pay your balance off each month. I mean, that may already be a given for you, but for no reason should you keep a balance at the end of the month and pay interest. Pay it off. Um, use the credit card company's money. Build yourself credit, build yourself rewards. If you can follow those three three rules, then you're probably going to be pretty successful and get a net benefit from credit cards. If you can't, you just shouldn't. If you can't follow one of the any of those three rules, then I would just recommend you not use credit cards in the first place. You're better off just sticking with cash or debit. Okay, let me leave you with three good resources for uh, understanding credit and credit cards. Number one is nerdwallet.com. I've used that before. It's got some great articles on Comparing different types of credit cards, depending on what kind of rewards you're looking for, bonus offers. It's got a wealth of info. I, I really like that site. Credit Karma is another great one. You link all your credit accounts to it. It's a great dashboard for understanding all the different accounts you have, interest rates, and you know, just and, and also great resources on understanding how credit score works. And um, they make their money off of advertisements, so just be careful because they're going to try to sell you on more loans if you sign up for them, but it can be a great free tool. The last one is annualcreditreport.com. So you can go once a year and get a free credit report that shows all of the different information that Experian and Equifax and TransUnion are using to calculate your credit score. Sometimes the info is wrong. For some reason, they're operating with faulty info and you won't know that unless you look at your credit report. So I'd say on a yearly basis, it's good to just download it skim through it, make sure everything looks right. And if something's incorrect, then let them know. Um, because uh, you'd hate to see something docking your credit score by 50 points. That's just not accurate. So there you have it. If you have any questions about credit cards, you know, uh, what type is makes sense for you, you're trying to pay them down, balance transfers, just let me know. I'd be happy to have that conversation with you and try to give you any help I can. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I will see you guys on the next one.